So hey, welcome back to the Traders Improved Podcast. Today, a very special new episode. We are here with Nick. Hello, Nick. How are you? Hi, how are you guys doing? Thank you for being here. And um, first of all, before we get into the podcast, um, maybe you can tell our audience a little bit about you, uh, background, um, so they know who, you're, who they're listening to. Sure, absolutely. My name is Nick, uh, Nick Sayaka. I run a uh, fairly large-sized YouTube channel in the foreign exchange space. Uh, much like you guys, we, we have some very similar content. So when you reached out about uh, jumping on a podcast, I was super excited about it. Um, kind of, I've, I've been trading my own money for four or five years now. I also run uh, a service business and uh, a couple different media Uh, pages all over the internet for uh, trading and investing, that sort of thing. Uh, create content and trade my own money. That's, that's pretty much it. I've been uh, doing this on YouTube for maybe two years or so oh, wow. uh, and really grown a, a, a decent sized following in the last maybe six to eight months. Right. Yeah. You really grew up on YouTube. Uh, really yeah. impressive. Yeah. It's, it's weird how that works. You, uh, social media is so strange because it can just be you know, kind of quiet. And then all of a sudden something just kicks off. And all of a sudden I woke up to just tons of comments coming in from people asking questions. And I was like, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Good stuff. So about your trading style, are you more of a long-term or short-term or how does it look for you? So for me, I am definitely on the, uh, the, the more swing trade side of things. I'm not a super short-term scalper or day trader or anything like that. Although, um, you know, I'm, there's plenty of people who do that and talk about it on my channel. And sometimes I even dive into those concepts. The big thing for me or the area of focus for me is usually swing trades anywhere from a few days to a few weeks uh, in a position. And I focus a lot on momentum strategies as well as some mean reversion concepts uh, mostly in Forex, but I also uh, dabble and trade and invest in stocks. So, Right. That's cool. Yeah, very similar to what we do or what I do, especially Mars is more of the, on the short side. I'm on the longer term. I started as a mean reversion trader as well. And then I think most traders get into momentum trading, I guess, at one point. That's the most fun, I think. <laughs> right. I like it too. To a trade, it just takes off. It feels good. <laughs> What I always are interested, since you work with so many traders, you have such a huge audience, um, what, do you th what do you see as the biggest problem that traders face and um, how, what, how, do you, well, how do you help your traders get uh, through that? So actually, I think we're going to definitely agree on this concept because uh, that's the reason I commented on your video uh, recently. You shared a concept about talking about trading psychology, and I definitely, definitely agree with <clears throat> a lot of what you were saying in the video, which is most traders uh, struggle on my channel, on your channel, I'm sure just across the board, mostly with the, the emotions and the psychology side of trading more so than the strategies. Because it, let's face it, it's really not that hard if you come up with some basic technical entries and exits to stick to a plan. What makes it difficult for people is usually the greed, the fear, you know, am I going to be able to make money? Or, you know, sometimes people just want to press the button just to entertain themselves. There's all these uh, little problems that we run into mentally. Whereas, you know, if we had just stuck to the plan, there would have been a lot less, you know, problems in the making. So it is one of those things. Uh, I think that the biggest struggle for most traders is just dealing with the emotions that come with money on the table because money, whether, you know, a lot of times you see on YouTube and on, on other uh, people, they'll say, trade like a robot. They say, completely take out your emotions. Um, but I still, to this day, managing my emotions as a trader is like my main focus. It's, it's not something that I can just turn off because money 
pays for me and my girlfriend to go get dinner. Money pays for uh, me to, to do something or pay my rent, right? There's, there's like always this, this concept of money and it has emotional ties to us. And so finding ways to not necessarily completely suppress your emotions, but find ways to uh, respectively, you know, you know, basically manage them. That's really the, uh, I think the absolute biggest hurdle for most traders. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm curious. Do you do you tend to agree with that, or do you have something different that I'm not thinking of? I, I think I would give or go even one step for a step further. Not even only managing, but also um, working with them, because our emotions can definitely help us find an edge. Or if we work with them actively, and I would never tell anyone to trade like a robot. It's a horrible advice for sure. I agree. I agree. Right. Yeah. We talked to Dr. Steenbarger just like two weeks ago, and he said suppressing your emotions doesn't really work long time um, and you should use your emotions in a way that they guide your processes or that uh, decisions because your emotions are going to tell you about your trade did you do something right or wrong maybe too much risk and then you can use those to help you guide you through your trading day or to your trading journey in general yeah I definitely agree because there's like this uh, I, I kind of there's a rule I live by and I've made this mistake many times in my trading career, even after finding some, some good, uh, you know, consistency in my trading, it's still something that uh, I've, I've kept through at the time is if I'm thinking about a trade or I can't sleep about a trade or I'm, you know, focused on the chart too much about a trade, what it usually means is I'm too emotionally invested, which could lead to me probably being over leveraged, uh, some sort of mistake that I've made. So that feeling of like, I got to see what's going on with my trade to me is like a sign of like, you care too much. You're too emotionally invested in this trade. You need to change what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's true. What is, um, is there a practice that um, helped you along the way or when you mentor traders, is there something that you um, advise to your students that helps them manage their emotions in a better way? I think that I, I kind of make the joke uh, on my social media that like, the only real lesson that like teaches you not to, to be emotional is like losing money because it's almost like you learn through like negative reinforcement almost. It's like uh, you get some sort of bad feeling because you are making this mistake. You, you feel regret, you feel uh, the results of it, which can be, you know, pretty, pretty frustrating to deal with. Um, and I think that that's like almost the, the lesson teacher for that. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think also like you just need experience. I mean, you can take all the trading classes in the world and listen, read all the books, listen to all the masters. But unless you put on trades by yourself and simply feel what it really is like, it's never gonna um, it's never gonna happen that you make money with trading, right? You just need to take risks. <laughs> right, and I think uh, honestly. So I don't really do uh, a ton of like private mentoring. Maybe at some point I will get more into that. But mm-hmm. for me, a lot of what I do is, um, you know, I just share my own journey on YouTube, my, my wins and my losses. I, I try and just keep it as real as possible uh, in my own trading journey. Since the beginning of my YouTube channel, that's been the goal is just to share my ebbs and flows in my trading career. And with that, you know, sometimes uh, I think I think the best lesson, the best teacher really is experience, like you're saying. I don't think that there's anything to substitute for 
making the mistakes, feeling the results or the consequences of your mistake and having the grit or the willingness to keep going and to learn and say, you know what, mentally, I'm not doing that anymore because it really messes with me. And that, I don't think that there's any substitute for that. You could read, it's like you're saying, you could read a million courses, you could watch uh, YouTube until you can't see straight anymore. And that just won't do it for you compared to shoot, I made my own decision to take this trade. It didn't work out because, you know, I, I made an emotional decision and that caused me to lose money. That's going to teach you so much more than watching somebody else do it. <laughs> yes. Right. I think do, you have a, do you have like a feedback loop of, um, of a review process or what is your, because I always am interested in daily routines and processes of how other people approach it. Yeah, so I, I track all of my trades. Uh, I use myfxbook.com just to track my own, uh, my trades and my journal because I, I can be very lazy about my, my actual like writing down stuff. I, I, uh, I love, I have a background in software, so anytime I can automate something, that's uh, of interest to me. So I use myfxbook for, for actual uh, trading results and, and recording my trades and seeing some of the, the analytical tendencies. But I do also have a physical journal where I'll write thoughts or I'll share uh, with myself my own thought process in the moment. So for example, in 2020, there's been some really, obviously you've seen it, crazy volatility in 2020. Yep. And there's been some swings on the account that were unusual for me just due to that volatility. And I remember multiple times where I would write down the date in my journal and be like, man, I'm feeling this way today. This is unusual. This is a big thing. Like take note of this. Um, and definitely just kind of sharing that with myself to read back later. It's been funny reading them back later because sometimes I'm like, man, I remember the, the emotions on that day and having to like literally stop myself, go write in the journal and be like, chill out. Like it's, 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 it's a lot when it's really, really moving. But also um, my YouTube channel, like I mentioned for me, I try and come across on my YouTube channel, not as like some sort of guru, know-it-all expert. I try and actually, like I said, use my YouTube channel as a journal. So my my entire career as a trader, or not all of it, but a few years of my career have been documented on my YouTube channel. Things that have worked for me, things that haven't worked for me, the emotions. I try and keep it as real as possible. And I think that that's another reason why I like you guys' channel is because you have um, content where it's like talking about the trading psychology, because I know that topic may not be as exciting for some people as other things, but it is the stuff that, like we said, is the biggest hurdle for so many traders. So it is so important. Yeah. For every trader, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think there, there always comes a time in the journey of a trader. In the beginning, you're so focused on the technicals and systems and whatever. And at one point you realize, okay, this is going to get me so far. I need to look a little bit deeper or at a different area. So I think that's where people start looking into psychology and mindset and all of those things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one thing you also said about um, writing down stuff, the benefit of what I found is that you recognize your progress. We have a lot of students who've been up with us for a long time and they're often very hard mm -hmm. on themselves. But when you remind them, just look at how far you've come, look at where you've been six, 12, 18 months ago. It's a very good confidence boost. Um, so yeah, writing down stuff, having a physical journal, it's, uh, it's so good because you tend to forget the important lessons along the way as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, it, is, it, is a, it is a process. It is a journey. As, as cliche as it sounds, it really is a, a long-term process. Seeing yourself over time, the way the markets shape people. I, I do talk about this sometimes on like Instagram or on YouTube. It's like when you, when you meet somebody who trades and they really do, and they've done it for a long time, 
you can kind of feel it. Like you, you kind of can tell that they've been humbled by the markets. They've put in the time. They know what, you know, they, they've learned a lot about themselves through the markets. Uh, and they realize that if you don't humble yourself, the market's going to humble you for you. So usually those people are, you know, pretty level-headed. They're, they're more calm. They're not super, uh, you know, arrogant or all in on the markets that it's, it's funny. You can recognize a pattern in people who have succeeded in this and you can see that that shape over time molds into this more like refined, more, you know, um, self-aware trader. Right. Yeah, totally true. I can. Yeah. That does. I love that you say self-aware. That's such a big word. And so it is. That's, that's the term. Yeah. Yeah. We talked to Stephen Goldstein like last week and he mentors, um, hedge fund traders, some of the biggest investments banks. And he said, the best trade that he ever came across, um, he said he literally, he felt like he had no ego, no Rolex, no Gucci, nothing. Just a very self-centered, very aware guy, just a passion for the markets. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's like the same with me. Everybody I've ever met that, <clears throat> you know, has, has done well for themselves in the markets. They're, they're so level-headed. They're not it's almost it's almost like a big red flag when somebody is super materialistic or arrogant or like has these tendencies of someone like hey that looks like me when i first started trading and it's like that's kind of a red flag like you know what i mean so so it's it's almost always the people that i know that you know know what they're talking about this they're like the opposite they're extreme opposites of the hey come get rich quick with me kind of guys Right. Yeah. There's like this famous Jim Carrey quote. He said, um, I think everybody should get rich and famous so that they will just understand that it's not about that. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's a natural process that people will go through. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I agree. What I'm always interested in, what was your biggest struggle in your trading and how did you overcome it? Um, for me, it was, I always kept widening my stop loss. I just was, I couldn't take a loss. I never wanted to admit that I was wrong. So this was really my biggest hurdle. Yeah, I struggle with that too. I think uh, I think that's like a pretty a pretty big one for a lot of people. I'm sure. I think uh, one of the things for me that was actually a big struggle was actually something that we touched on earlier, where new traders have this tendency to like just put so much emphasis on the technicals, so much emphasis on getting that perfect entry and getting that perfect exit and finding that strategy that's going to give them like a 10 to 1, 90% win rate. Like there's, the, there's this like unrealistic uh, aspiration for this perfect strategy. And I definitely think that that caught me uh, caught me up in, in, you know, that circle for, for a long time, probably a year and a half, two years when I first started doing this stuff, I was just always on the hunt because I have a background in, in software developing. I was always studying the numbers. I wanted to back test and I wanted to see things that were going to give me this incredible return on investment, this super high probability of making money all the time. You know, what's the perfect entry? Is it this you know, pen bar set up after the, like you can play that game for so long, but what happens is it becomes uh, analysis paralysis where you're just sitting there and you're stuck looking at the same, uh, or you're just looking for something that doesn't really exist. And more importantly, doesn't even have to exist in my view to actually make money. You don't need something that is a 90% win rate three to one, right? You don't need all that. You just need something that overall has a pretty good edge and you're willing to emotionally and psychologically stick to the plan so that you can execute that plan successfully. So um, that to me was my biggest hurdle, I think, because that kept me uh, so, so entrenched in this looking for the perfect strategy that just did not exist until I realized you don't need that. You just need something that's 
solid and you can stick to. Right. So how did you break out of that um, circle, that vicious cycle? When did you recognize, okay, this is enough? It took me about uh, two years maybe, I think. So I, I started doing this stuff in, uh, in late high school, end of high school. Uh, and then throughout college, I was just obsessed with it, just constantly building uh, trading systems in, in code and stuff like that and, and testing and back testing concepts using, you know, Excel and all this different stuff. And uh, I think I just went down the ultimate rabbit hole that so many people get themselves caught up in is like, uh, I'm looking for something that just has some incredible return. So I definitely got caught up in it at least a year and a half, two years where that was just, I was obsessed with it. Um, And then after that, I just, I just started looking back on some of the concepts and I was like, Hey, you know what? This actually was pretty promising. It's just that I had to bring my expectations down uh, mm -hmm. for what a good strategy was. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Expectation management, I think is one of the big ones. When you start with your high expectations and they're not met, it eventually always leads to frustration and then wrong trading behaviors. So that's a, yeah, it's a big one, I think. Yeah, definitely. How come you didn't go into, into automated or algo trading with a, <clears throat> with a software background? You know, I actually thought about it. I did, uh, so I live in Atlanta and there's, there's some big banks in downtown Atlanta and they do, uh, there's some algo trading that goes on. And uh, I did reach out and apply, but the other thing is those people that are up there doing that stuff, they are really the top of the line programmers. And I was not very good in school. So I, uh, I, Uh, my grades were okay, but nowhere near some of the requirements and some of the uh, com competition that was going on to be some sort of algo trader. Those are definitely some of the highest paid computer science majors is because if you can build a money machine, then that's, what's that worth? You know, so people pay tremendous amounts of money and it's incredibly competitive to get those sort of jobs. Uh, so I did not go into that. I did do some uh, consulting work and, and worked as a, uh, a programmer for a while before my YouTube channel plus my trading had started to kind of picked up to a point that I could do that instead, jumped ship off the job and uh, eventually started the company that I run today and continue to trade my own money. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I think or we both think it's really underestimated the, um, to have multiple income streams, uh, especially as a trader. If you don't need trading to pay your bills, you can trade much more effectively and um, stick to your plan. Uh, it's just much, much easier. What do you think about that? I definitely agree. And I think uh, one, of the, one of the requirements to trading certainly is capital. Having, having enough capital to, to make the returns that you need to make on a consistent basis without feeling super stressed, like you're saying, is like the, I, I don't think I could trade for a living if I didn't have, uh, you know, enough capital behind me and realistic expectations of, uh, you know, percentage returns and that sort of thing. Uh, because I think a lot of times traders think, oh, I can just take like a, a $5,000 US account and just go, you know, make 200% per year and I'll be great. And the reality is it's like, well, when it actually comes time to make money and you're under stress to put food on the table and to pay your rent, it's, uh, it's a lot of stress and it can actually impact your trading significantly. I had, a, I had really good fortune when I first left my job because when I left my job, my YouTube channel was making some money for me on the side, uh, but it was not paying like enough. I wasn't making enough to completely be solo on it. Uh, so my trading was important to me still. It just wasn't going to kill me if my trading wasn't going amazing. So mm -hmm. I, fortunately I did when I first quit my job, had uh, a good, uh, 
solid win streak for a few months, which definitely helped that transition. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I highly, highly value uh, having uh, multiple sources of income, especially when you first start trading. Uh, like for me, I can see myself over time scaling out of some of the other business things and continuing to trade and almost exclusively trade for a living at some point uh, because that that to me is pretty realistic. I actually know somebody inside of the A1 trading community, which is a service that we offer. Um, we've had somebody or we've had a lot of people who have made trading partial income sources uh, and a few people who have even gone the full route of becoming full-time traders. One guy who stands out to me, I tell a story pretty often, uh, is a guy who was like a bartender and a barber and was trying to learn to trade. So he's kind of working his like three jobs. He got to a point where he was able to knock off the bartending role, just be a barber and work as a trader. Uh, you know, so full-time barber, part-time trader. And eventually, last time I checked with him, he was doing uh, almost mostly uh, his income was coming from trading and some of it was still coming from the barber. So like you're saying, it's always good in my opinion, as long as you can, you know, handle having some sort of other job or some sort of side income, something coming in uh, to have that going on because it does alleviate some of the, the stress of uh, providing with your trading every month so that you can, you can live off of it. There's a lot of stress there and the longer you can uh, build up capital so that there's less required returns for that to be the case and, and to support yourself, the better in my opinion. So I agree with you for sure. Mm -hmm. Cool. I love that answer. And um, also that you tell your students to have realistic expectations. I mean, uh, have you seen Jack Schweiger is posting quotes from the new Market Wizards book on Twitter? I have not. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, there's this one guy who's making 300% this year and uh, he turned 5 mil into 16 mil or so, something like that. My goodness. Obviously, there are people like that out there, but they are market wizards, right? That's the re there's a reason why they're in the book and there's a reason why there are only 10 people in that book. <laughs> right. That's, that's a very good point. And, and to think that as the average person, you're going to become that. I mean, it's good to set your goals high, I suppose. Uh, but I think in trading, as weird as it is, like I consider myself a relatively optimistic, positive person in my life. But when it comes to trading, I am super negative. I'm super pessimistic in my trading because it, it pays in trading, at least in my experience, to err on the side of caution, to be conservative, to find ways to like always focusing, how do I protect money before how do I make money? So to those people who are able to make incredible returns like that and to just, you know, kill it, I, I totally respect. But I think that there is a value in, in channels like, like mine and, and like yours as well, where it's like, well, how does the average person get involved with this? Because I don't consider myself a genius in the market. I don't consider myself some sort of wizard or guru or anything like that. I consider myself a normal dude who has been able to build some of his income through trading and investing. How does the average person get to do that? Well, that's kind of what I'm trying to work through on my own channel. And a lot of what you guys put out the same way. It's like, how does the average person get involved with this uh, and not feel like, you know, they have no idea what's going on. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally true. And I think this is also the reason why you grew so big, this authenticity. It's what people just um, really, really need and really want. So it does resonate a lot. Yeah. And <clears throat> one thing that I always see is people come to us and ask, Hey, I have such a small trading account. How do you grow it? First of all, it's very hard when you just rely on trading on your own or only on this account. So if you have a second income stream or whatever, it really helps to 
once you're a little bit profitable, you can add to that account and it just helps this, uh, this grows much faster. Yeah, you don't need to quit your job at all. You can, if you like your job, you can stick with your job and use it to add income to your trading account. You make 20, 30% a year. You do that for 20 years. You have more money than you can ever spend. That's, that's the golden ticket. If I could convince more people to think exactly like that, uh, that would be an awesome, awesome accomplishment in my opinion. So I definitely agree with you that, uh, you know, if you can make 20 to 30% trading while you actually do a job where you enjoy, uh, I bet you, not only are you going to be making good returns on investment and doing more with your money than the average person, but the trading journey for you is going to improve every aspect of your life uh, because you're so focused on your own personal growth that who knows, maybe it lands you better jobs. Maybe it lands you better opportunities or, or just better, you know, maybe you get good at hunting good real estate deals and you make better decisions in your house. Like it just carries over trading trading journey and trading growth uh, is not a linear one street thing. It's, it's a whole life journey. So if you were to do trading, even if you, if you traded demo uh, and you took it very seriously for 10 years, I bet you other aspects of your life would improve. Probably. <laughs> if you take it super serious, very likely it would, it would improve. Yeah. If you make trading this key habit that like shines into all other areas of your life, then trading itself will also become easier for sure, but yeah, your life will become better too. I love that. Definitely yeah. agree. All right. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's shift gears a little bit here. Um, so as a trader, obviously, we, uh, you have to be a special kind of person um, to come back every day after you get punched in the face, and we get punched in the face often. <laughs> and uh, losing streaks are part of the game. Losing is part of the game. It is a necessary part of the game. So how do you deal with um, losing streaks and um, self-doubts, all that crazy stuff that happens when you have four, five, six losing trades in a row? Yeah, you know, it's actually interesting because recently I, so I've been doing a lot of live trading on my channel where I just, I trade my money and I, I put it on YouTube and I talk about why I'm taking the trades I'm taking and whatever happens, happens. And I let the camera roll. Well, funny enough, I have a, or had a like four or five losing streak series where it's just like, I took a loss. I posted on YouTube, took a loss, put it on YouTube, took a loss, but, and it just kept going. And it was one of those things. It's like, not only was it mentally stressful to have that losing streak by myself, just like internally. It's like, man, I'd like to take a trade that wins every once in a while. On top of that, uh, having tons and hundreds of comments rolling in like, Nick, why'd you do this? You should have done this. <laughs> you get all this. It's like the double whammy. And that's why, you know, it, it can, it's mentally challenging to, to post live trades. I understand why a lot of people avoid that because it's like, oh my goodness, this is so mentally taxing. But um, it's one of those things it's like you signed up for this as a trader. It's almost like if you want to be as a trader, I believe you're an entrepreneur. If you're an entrepreneur, get ready to get punched in the face. It's going to happen <laughs> one way or another, multiple directions all over your face. It's just happening. <laughs> so it's one of those things that it's like, uh, you kind of have to accept it. You kind of have to work with it. And you also have to ask yourself, well, like what, can I handle? Can I risk 5% of an account and get hit 10 times in a row? I don't think so. That's going to wipe me out. I'll be so mentally distraught over this. But mentally, if I can handle a 0.5, 1%, 1.5% risk on my account and take that and stick to my plan and understand that five, maybe six, seven, eight even losses in a row are going to happen in my trading, uh, that's a huge part of just 
just accepting that uh, and moving on from it. So when it happens, it's one of those things, it still doesn't feel good. It's not like I'm enjoying that or I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's more just like, okay, this is, this is what I signed up for. You, have, you really have two choices uh, when it comes to those tough times. You can either quit and give up and complain. And then it's like, well, you have nothing left. Now you're just done. You've just lost everything. Uh, or you can decide to get tough and stick through the plan uh, and, and do your thing. And that uh, sounds a lot easier said than done because when it's in the moment, it's like, man, I, I'm trying to stick to the plan and it's not working. So it's, uh, it's not easy. There's no, there's no simple answer like, oh, you just do this. But I like taking walks. I like playing video games. I like going to see friends. I like doing all the other things in life to get myself away. And, and although I may have taken four trades in a row, if I can actually get myself away from the trading, the next trade is like a new trade. And I don't feel that multiple losses behind me. Mm -hmm. no. yeah, you have to feel that obviously every trade is disconnected from all the trades before that like every trade stands on its own and also right. for me what helps uh, a lot is perspective shift where you say okay this is a challenge I have to overcome let's see how I handle it and then when you reach new equity highs it's another thing well done and you can be proud of yourself so right. uh, I wouldn't say I'm looking forward to the next losing trade But <laughs> but uh, I, I embrace the challenge for sure. As you said, this is what we signed up for in the end. It is. It is for sure. And winning streaks on the other side of that, you know, are, are another thing. It's like when you start winning, that can also, people can mess that up too. People, yeah. any room for human error in trading, people will make the errors required to mess it up. Because there's winning streaks where it's like, man, I feel invincible. And uh, even maybe a few months ago, I caught myself thinking I had a really good winning streak. I was definitely, uh, like you said, I was at my equity highs. Things were going really, really well. And I remember having this thought like, man, I feel like I, feel like I, I don't even remember what losses are like. And sure enough, guess what happened shortly after? <laughs> you took a <laughs> loss and it's like just understanding that like that was a mental note. It's like, don't don't let winning streaks get to your head because that causes people to size up when they shouldn't. It causes them to, you know, feel like uh, you should almost just err on the side of this trade may be a loser. Whatever happens, happens. Like that's the mindset I take when I take a trade. It's not, this is going to be a winner and I'm going to make big money off this one. It's almost always, here's how much I risk. And like, I'm probably going to lose this trade because I, I imagine if you guys are trading momentum as well, a lot of times, like you said, we get punched in the face a lot because just naturally our win rate is going to be lower when we're trying to trail stops or let trades run uh, or go for bigger profit targets. That is just naturally going to lead to less trades working out exactly as we had hoped for them to. So uh, it is one of those things. It's especially you've got to be ready for the losing streaks if you're using a relatively tight stop uh, and trying to let profits run. Mm -hmm. As Peter Brand said, um, he's expecting every one of his trades to be a loser. That's um, probably a good approach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what video games do you play? <laughs> Man, too much sometimes. I play, uh, play Counter-Strike. Uh, I've been playing that new game Among Us, if you've seen it, with friends, which has What's been a lot of fun. It's like this like murder mystery game. It's like who's the killer kind of game. That sounds fun. It was fun. It, I played it last night too late. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I love video games too. So I had to ask that. So yeah, you also mentioned having a trading business plan on your channel as one of the key elements of making it. 
what what are the key pillars um, of a trading plan? What has to be in there 100%? So uh, I, I generally think of it as like when you start a business, you have a business plan. You have some sort of model for how you plan to make money and to mediate risk. And when it comes to trading, for me, uh, it's a lot of the stuff that we've talked about, you know, talking about... Um, you know, managing the emotions. What are you going to do when you deal with a losing streak? I actually include that in my plans is like the psychology side of it. What are you going to do when this happens? What are you going to do when you take a win streak? What are you going to, you know, if you take two losses in one single day, what I walk away, something like that. Just those little uh, mantras or ideas are definitely a part of my trading plan. And then there's all the other things, the technicals, uh, the way you enter a trade, the exit, the exit strategy, um, you know, the risk management is always a big part of it. I usually, uh, with my momentum strategies, I'm risking usually 0.5 all the way up to maybe a 3% risk on a trade if I'm feeling very, uh, you know, if I really like the setup or something like that. But for the most part, uh, risking small, looking for trades to run. Um, and when it comes to a trading plan, it's outlining most of the things that would mess me up. That's, that's, outlining and having some sort of approach for the things that have messed me up in the past that I've learned through lessons. Good. Mm -hmm. uh, so you, you want to have all contingencies covered basically in your trading plan. Like, yep. So the, the technical side of it, the, if there's fundamentals involved, uh, the risk management side of it, the, um, the emotions and, and, and psychology side of it, uh, and kind of expectations are, is another thing I'll throw into a plan is like, what, what are you realistically trying to get out of this strategy? Are you trying to make 50 to 100% per year? Or are you going uh, much more conservative, which I would say, you know, I'm shooting for something like you mentioned earlier, 20 to 30%. That's like a, a pretty steadfast like goal of mine and some of my larger portfolios now. Mm -hmm. Do you do any manifestation, visualization, meditation? Do you do any of that stuff? I don't, I don't do anything like like official, I would love to, I would love to like get more into that at a certain point, but I do like definitely take mental like pauses, I guess, which sounds like, you know, I guess cliche or standard, but you know, just little moments where I just like stop and I like uh, think about what I'm doing, what I'm, what I'm planning, like how measure my mental uh, state. Am I, if, like I said, if I feel super excited or anxious or nervous about a trade, uh, or about anything in my life, really. That's a moment where it's like, okay, this is uh, concerning. Maybe not everything in my life because there's some things that it's like perfectly okay to be excited about. And, and But trades, you know, I have to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, I'm using this technique I learned from Denise Shaw in her um, book, Market Mind Games, I think was the name, where she says, um, you have to diffuse emotions. So if you feel like anxious or sad or overly happy after a winning streak, for example, you simply have to um, diffuse the emotion by feeling it 100%. Like yeah. go to the park, sit down on the bench, you try to feel the emotion so intensely that it just ev evaporates, right? And uh, that really helped my trading a lot. I, last year I had a 12 months uh, winning streak and uh, 12 months in the green and I felt like a king and after that came the shittiest trade uh, time ever in my trading and um, I, I had a lot of emotions to diffuse and sure. that really helped me a lot and obviously sticking to a trading plan um, and also having a peer group, a community to talk to and so on, all that stuff really helps I think.
Definitely. Definitely. No, it's so, it's, it is amazing how, how crucial it really is to, to have strategies and approaches in place that protect you from your own demise, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So what would you tell your 20 year old, how how old are you by the way? 30? I'm 23. (laughs) Okay. So, (laughs) so what would you tell your 15 year old? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let's, let's say, um, what, what do you wish you had known when you started out trading? Like the one wisdom that really stands out. Uh, probably to understand that if you really want to be a successful trader, you have to treat this like a four-year degree. And you hear that all the time, but it's so true because it's, it's one of those things. Most people do not succeed in trading anything under less, you know, than two years. That's like usually one of the more fast paced people who get on track to actually start making money in trading. Um, You have to understand that, there's a lot of short-term luck. There's a lot of short-term mindsets and people out there who are trying to encourage you to go the direction of, you know, just get started on this strategy and you'll make money. So for me, it was definitely understand that and embrace that it's the long-term that matters with trading. And it's so much easier to say that after you've put in the time than when you're in the process. Cause in the process, you're like, man, I really want to make money from this. But I think the biggest lesson would be to understand that, this game is not about making money for the first few years. It's purely just about developing. If you really are serious about it, you got to develop a love for the markets and a passion for like studying yourself and the way the markets move and how you can enter and exit them. And like, you have to dive deep. And if you're not ready to dive deep, you probably should do something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great answer for sure. I wish I had known that as well when I started out, but um, I think that experience everyone has to make for themselves. It's not something you can teach, to be honest. I mean, for some people, it takes 10 years to get to that enlightenment. For some people, it's five years, some people, two years, Um, but everyone has to, I mean, I tell it to everyone, but everyone has to (laughs) experience by themselves 100%. Right. It's, it's the only way I think is to really understand it is to, to struggle through something and actually have the, the willingness to keep going when you get, you know, you have to, cause you're not going to keep going unless you truly love this stuff. Like you have to really, really be interested in this stuff to keep going. Otherwise it's like, there, there is no, there is no, like, I'm going to half do this. I'm going to do this just as a little side income. Like it has to be like a passion for you. You have to like love this and sure you can still keep your job and do other things with your life, but it has to be something that's like, man, this is like a giant, for me, it actually felt like a video game for a long time. It's like <laughs> one big puzzle, one big game to figure out uh, and to, to try and accomplish or win the game, if you will, which there is no real winning in trading because, or at least you'll never know everything. There's always more to learn, which is actually part of the reason I still love it today. It's like, there's always more to figure out. There's more to learn about yourself, about the markets, about everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I have a good friend in Hong Kong. Um, he's now 73 something and uh, has been trading for the better part of his life. And every time I go to lunch with him, he says like, man, I love this game. It's like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's impressive. Like if you're, if you're, able to do it for that many years and you still have a love for it. Uh, it is, that's how, you know, somebody really loves it is if they stick time and time again and 
they've seen the ugly, they've seen the good, and they still like it, that's a, that's a good sign that they actually truly yeah. enjoy it and that they have what it takes. Yeah. So do you have any favorite trading books, if at all? Are there any good ones out there that you want to recommend? There's uh, I haven't read a ton of trading books, to be honest. I, I've, I'm not a big book reader in general. Uh, I watch a lot of stuff. I read a lot of uh, like articles and, and studies and stuff on the internet, uh, but I'm not a giant reader, but I do, there is one book that I really like. Uh, that's a super short book, which fits me because I'm not a big reader. Uh, it's, a, it's a book called Inventory Trading by Sean Campbell. And I read that book uh, and it's all about this concept of like treating trading like a business and also understanding that uh, like, it's like inventory of a store where it's kind of uh, as a store owner, you've got to buy inventory, hold on to it for a while and sell it to make a profit. Uh, and similar to trading, how it's like you take losing trades, you deal with drawdowns in order to take that stuff off your shelf and make a profit. You've got to sit on it for a little while. You've got to you know, work with it. And eventually it sells sometimes for a good profit, sometimes for not much of a profit. Sometimes you take a loss on that inventory just to get rid of it. So very, a lot of comparables to trading, which, which really, really was a helpful book to me and interesting to me. Um, I've read some of, or I've, I've read through some of the other famous ones, but I'm, I'm forgetting the titles. I'm not a huge reader, but uh, I definitely do value a good, uh, good analogies and good concepts in trading for sure. They, they are definitely helpful. Cool. So inventory trading by Marcus Campbell. I, it's Sean Campbell and it's spelled like, I think it's S C H O N N. All right. We will put the link in the show notes as well. Yeah, definitely check it out. Cool. So where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> so uh, if you guys are on YouTube, you can go find me at Trader Nick. It's just one word. It's like uh, just no spaces in there. Trader Nick on YouTube is uh, my channel. And then you can also go to our website, a1trading.com. It's A and then the number one trading.com. We've got free articles and different stuff on there that you can check out as well. Resources for traders and that sort of thing. Perfect. Thanks so much. I had a good time. Yeah, no, no worries at all. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, yeah. I love you guys' channel and I'm looking forward to seeing the new content. Awesome. Hey, talk soon. Ciao. All right, man. See ya.